This podcast is a 98 Studios production. Hey, it's Christy. Welcome back to Do The Work. Today and every day, we will talk about things that really matter. You, your thoughts, your feelings, and your experiences. Relationships are what matter most, and they can be complicated. If you'd like a better connection with yourself, with others, and with God, you are in the right place. So glad you're here. Welcome back to Do The Work. I'm here today with my friend, Mary Scoresby. Welcome, Mary. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. We're in a new year. You're here to help me. We're getting things off to the right foot. On the right foot. <laughs> we are. We're getting things <laughs> off on the right foot. I'm, I want to introduce Mary. Um, I asked her for a, for a bio, and it, she gave me a very short bio. <laughs> Mary Scoresby is a wife, a mom of four, editor, and writer. Her happy place is having conversations about things that matter with people she loves, which is probably why I need to spend a lot more time with you, Mary. <laughs> well, you're the person I love, so okay, I'm good. looking forward to it. Good. I'm so glad. So glad you're here. So Mary is the sister to one of my dear friends, and I also asked her for a bio for you. Oh, and goodness. so here. Here's what she said. Mary, first and foremost, it almost made me cry reading it. Mary, first and foremost, is an excellent and compassionate human. She authentically invests herself in her family, friends, community, and congregation. She's the owner of Scoresby Consulting and specializes in copy editing and content writing. She's an avid tennis and pickleball player and a proud governor. This is true. What's a governor? A governor is a follower of Sharon McMahon. Yeah. Who has an online presence as Sharon says so and Yeah, she's yeah. pretty great. I, I have the merch. Do you I, really? I do. You got a shirt? <laughs> um, I have a couple. I have a shirt. I have a sweatshirt. I have a mug. It it goes it goes a little deeper than I'm maybe comfortable with everyone knowing, but I do. I am a proud governor. This is true. What do you love about her? I love her enthusiasm for the truth. Yes. I love her, um, how, how her mind works, her curiosity yes. about people and about what makes a, a fulfilling life. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's so human. Yes. So like, yes. you feel like you're her friend. She's just brilliant. Uh, absolutely. She does. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay. So you're a proud governor. And we're going to talk about tennis and pickleball later. Yeah. I cannot wait. <laughs> um, and she said she is a voracious reader and is a mm. lifelong learner. Isn't that, that sweet? That is so sweet. I'm going to hire too. Liz. I know. <laughs> yeah. She can she can do the writing for me. I yeah. like it. Yeah. So wait, wait a minute. Tell us what Scoresby Consulting is. So Scoresby Consulting is just the business that I do my editing and writing through. Um, it sounds really fancy, <laughs> um, but it just kind of gives me a lot of room to do different projects. So I do work for a couple companies um, on an ongoing basis doing their writing and editing. And then I take on projects as they come. Um, I've done a couple books. and So if someone writes a book, they sure. would give it to you Sure. edit. So fun. That I did I did not know that about you. That's neat. Thanks for being here. I'm happy to. It's not a coincidence that or I don't know what it is. Is this is my first time. So I've been podcasting for 9 months. This is my first time recording video recording. It's always been audio. 
And today you and I are knocking it off with the video. And I don't think, I think it's actually pretty interesting and not coincidental that we're talking about vulnerability because I don't get nervous when I'm podcasting. (laughs) And all of a sudden I'm like, (laughs) the camera turns on the little red light and it's like deer in the headlights. I've been trying to think about it and I just the different, it's just different. And, Mm -hmm. and honestly, that vulnerability of, I can't control the outcome. I couldn't control it when I was just doing audio either, really, but I had gotten comfortable in that. I was, I remember being nervous the first few times I just did that as well. So I'm so glad you're here and we're going to talk about vulnerability (laughs) on this first day of videoing. Well, I, I, I'm going to mention too, that the invite was to do a podcast. And then after I said yes, That's I got true. the text. Oh, by the way. <laughs> That's true. This will be our first recorded one. <laughs> How'd you feel? Um, what did I text you? A little terrified, a little excited. I'm yeah. Excitified. <laughs> exactly. It's, no, it, that's it's the combo true. of excited and terrified. And if I can just clarify, I didn't know we were doing yeah, video no. until after I asked you. So it's okay. thank you for sticking with of me course. after you knew. Of course. Okay. So it's a new year. And the reason I wanted to talk about vulnerability this month is because new year, new you, everybody's, you know, setting their goals mm-hmm. already this month. Um, talked about with Sarah Clark and Joe from Cup of Joe podcast. And we've talked about um, what real, uh, what healthy change looks like and what really is important as we make goals in the year. And then also about mindfulness. And as I've thought about what keeps us from changing, because the truth is January 1st, new year, new me. Mm-hmm. It's a great marketing yeah. slogan. <laughs> it's super catchy. But by about January 15th, mm-hmm. it's like, New like, year, same me. Same me. What's same wrong with sweats. me? Same sweats. <laughs> That's exactly right. Mary. Same sweats. What's wrong with me? And then yeah. we just go back to like, well, I guess I can't change. Right. I don't know. Right. The New Year's resolution fairy didn't yes. come sprinkle her magic on me. It like, yeah. That's exactly right. And as I've thought of it, I thought, I think a huge part of our, what we believe is an inability to change is actually a huge dislike for the vulnerability Mm. that comes with change yeah so i want to talk about that okay um i want to start first of all mary because i i've known liz for a while and she'll mention mary but i got um i met you i think for the first time on the tennis court yes or no had i met you before that I came, I think, to a book club at oh, your house. Yes. Was that right? Yes. Yeah. Or we, yeah, we did that video with Joe Spencer. Was that it? Oh, we did that. And then I think we were talking about um, Educated by Tara Westover. And I came to that book club meeting at your house. I forgot. That's when I first remember meeting you. But there are a couple, we just had little kind of touch points here and there. And I'm not quite sure which one came first. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about the yeah. Educated Book Club. That book. I love it. I mean, I just not, I don't know that love is the right word, but just such a compelling story. Yeah. Okay. The truth is you play tennis. I do. And I think, so I want to talk about that and you play pickleball and I want to play pickleball with you. We're going to. In fact, there's pickleball courts right here. I thought, why I didn't, well, because it's 40. Usually I travel with my paddle, but (laughs) 
I wish you had today. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So change is vulnerable physically, emotionally, and mentally. It's vulnerable. We feel this like discomfort inside of change. Yes? Yes. Okay. Which is kind of ironic because change is the nature of all living things. Mm. We can't we can't not be changing in some way. It, it is always changing. Yeah, it, it's just the nature of things that are alive are always changing. But we, it, it is uncomfortable because I think it's unfamiliar. And I think we get stuck in the familiar. And change means embracing or encountering something that's unfamiliar. But, but we're always changing. Oh, Mary, that is so good because even when the familiar is painful, mm-hmm. even when it's not serving us well, it's easier and we'll stay with it because of the vulnerability yes. of change. Yes, 100%. We we would just like to stay with our own unique cocktail of, of discomfort because it's familiar. It's true. Yeah. And then we spend the year beating ourselves up yeah. because we're not changing. Right. But really, and we say we don't like where we're at, but we like it more than the vulnerability we we feel Mm -hmm. in the process of change. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's a really uncomfortable truth to encounter in ourselves. That really, I'm I'm here, I'm doing what I'm doing because it's it's comfortable and it's familiar and it's working for me on that level. It's keeping me safe. Yes. And our, yeah, our brain wants to keep us safe that's mm-hmm. its job yeah is it's to keep us safe. and it's a good job mm-hmm. it's it's important that we have that yes. mechanism and it's also important that we kind of are behind the steering wheel of it yeah rather than being controlled by it to change literally requires us to change pathways in our brain to to change our brain which i think is so miraculous that we yeah. can change our brain and again it's it's not easy. And yeah. I believe a huge part of that is because of the vulnerable feeling that we have. True. Like you said, oh, yeah. beautifully said. So in the, this podcast is about relationships. What I do is about helping people with relationships. So I loved this thought from Brene Brown. In the absence of love and belonging, there is suffering. The path to love and belonging is vulnerability. So. The reason I love it, and as we're talking about change, and we look at relationships, and we um, evaluate what we want and what we don't want personally and inside of our relationships, we we have to address vulnerability. I just think it's a have to. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Again, from Brene, vulnerability is about the courage to show up and be seen. So what does that mean to you? What does it mean to show up and be seen? How would you define it? I think... For me, it means making myself available to the entire spectrum of emotional experience. Mm. It means I'm I'm going to encounter everything from joy to pain to boredom to contentment to awkwardness to I mean, just there's like this whole spectrum. And to show up. We have to show up available to all of it mm-hmm. rather than just I, I'm here for pleasant or I'm here for comfortable or I'm I'm super available as long as things go according to the way I think they should go. 
and I'm happy to do that, but I don't want, I, I'm, I'm closing the door off to every other emotional experience. Yes. And I, I think that that is the opposite of vulnerability, yeah. right? So when we're vulnerable, we're like, here, here I am. I don't know how this is going to go. I might nail this podcast and I might be the worst yeah. podcast guest. It may turn Ever. out that the talent, right? Yeah, it may turn out that, that we're passing on this talent. Um, but it, walking into it, you right. can't control it. No. Yes. And so it means when you ask me to come have a conversation with you, I'm going to say, knowing that, knowing that I there's this full spectrum of experience available to me. I'm going to choose to do it and, and just be open to that, that full range of emotional experience. Mm -hmm. I really love that. That's not easy to do. And a lot of people are not willing to do it. It's, it, it's not. And I think it takes practice. I don't think we're born with the muscle memory for it. Mm. Like you were saying, our brain Mm -hmm. wants to keep us safe Mm -hmm. and like we're we're born in the most vulnerable state, mm-hmm. right? Always completely vulnerable. Right. Right. Yes. Right. And then as soon as we start to have experiences that we can emotionally process mm-hmm. and we feel those first experiences with pain or rejection or disappointment, then it's like, you know, we have all the emotions and we have very few tools to navigate them because those tools are not um, innate. Yes. Right. So that that's our lifelong journey is to develop muscle memory for navigating all of those emotions in a way that's, that's productive and, and, and leads to strong relationships. So well said, Mary. I, I remember when I first recognized that, it's okay to be uncomfortable because I had oh, spent my life trying yeah. not to be uncomfortable. Right. Who, no. who wants to be uncomfortable? Oh, it's like wearing jeans a size too small for oh, your whole life. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly yeah. right. And, and when I, when I recognized it's okay that I'm uncomfortable, it's like life, like I got right. so much more space yes. to live my life. Like, yes. Oh, I'm uncomfortable. And, and to, Give language to it. I, I love it when, when I'm working with clients and I can say, it's okay to be uncomfortable and to give them the language. And, and I can see their life get more space as well. I just, you, that's exactly right. The discomfort, learning to be uncomfortable, recognizing that that's what it is, that it's not that we're in danger and we need to get out of the situation. Yes. And I, I'm a big language person. I love language. English is kind of my, um, that that's just been my my skill set yeah. that I've used. Um and so I think naming, giving language to our emotional experiences is one of the most powerful tools that we have. Mm-hmm. And it's so simple, right? Even just to be able to name what are you feeling right now? Yeah. And and to move past the happy, sad, mm-hmm. angry. Yes. You know, maybe those two or three that most of us can name when we're small. Yes. Um to, you know, I'm, I'm feeling hurt or I'm feeling resentful or I'm feeling um, inadequate. I mean, there's, there's so, so many things we can feel. Having the power to name it really drains it of its um, 
it's threatening properties. Yes. If that it makes gives, sense. It gives you back the power. Yeah. Instead of the powers in the experience right. or in the right. feeling. Right. Yes. And so then when when those emotional experiences no longer feel like a threat, our posture changes from defensive to just open. I there's a little visualization and I it's not mine. I heard it somewhere and I can't remember where, but I've used it for myself and I've used it for my own children mm-hmm. of actually speaking to the emotion and welcoming it and saying, Disappointment, come on over and sit right here. Mm-hmm. There, there's room for you. <laughs> and it it does it sounds so silly to like to do that in a way, but it it just feels like in instead of that. You know, all the alarm bells that go off in your, in your body, in your, mm-hmm. your mind, your whole body, when you start to feel those uncomfortable emotions, mm-hmm. it's like danger, danger, red flag. I need to escape. You're looking for an escape hatch. Yes. But if you can just say, oh, oh, pride. There you are. Come on in, sit down. We're going to, we're going to move through this experience together. Yeah. And just to get curious and just to talk to it as if it's not a threat, because when we're not threatened, we're not defensive. No. Yeah. And, there, and there's there's no learning. There's no positive change when you're in a defensive posture. No. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You, you cannot even hear other people when you're in a defensive posture. Yes. And that, mm-hmm. yes. I love that you said that. It's so interesting because it really, that the defensive posture is like a black hole that's just sucked in on you. Right? And, but in in that defensive posture, I see four-year-old me. I see nine-year-old me, 13-year-old me at every version of me that felt like I needed to be protected. Yes. And so I think I can have some, some grace for that, that person. Yes. But as, as you get older and if you get really curious about these kind of, you know, your emotional landscape, you can start to understand like those feelings were never a threat. Yes. Okay. Mary, as you were saying that, I thought, okay, so to have deep connection, to have connection with another human being, vulnerability is critical. I get it's just part of the anatomy of connection. And I was thinking of an experience where one of my children had someone that they cared about have, uh, I think they didn't make a team or I can't remember something bad had happened sure. in their life. Yeah. And I said, have you said anything to them? Have you, are, are, have you said you're sorry and that you're, you know, have you asked them how they're feeling? Like, mom, no, like, I just don't, you don't say anything when stuff like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And as you were just saying what you were saying, like, come in disappointment. I think our ability to empathize with other people in great measure is affected by our ability to say to our own mm. disappointment, to our own fear, our own pride, hey, come in. Yeah. Come sit right here. Well, that's beautiful. And then when I'm I'm comfortable with that, it I am gonna be so much more likely to be able to say to someone, Hey, I I heard that your husband lost his job, yeah. or that your wife is struggling emotionally, or I mean, we just don't know how to speak to right. so much of life experiences. Yes. Likely because we haven't been willing to say, come here. Right. Let's figure out yeah. what this is. Oh, yeah, Mary, to I our own. That. I do. I love what you said. Beautiful. I got chills. <laughs> it's really, really, um, what a skill to be able to say disappointment, fear, mm-hmm. pride. I love that you said the word pride because we like yeah. to pretend like we don't have that. Oh, we, we've all got it. <laughs> 
there, there's going to be a podcast on pride because pride is just fear, right? So uh, as soon absolutely. as you invite pride in, yeah. you're going to find out, oh, I just have fear. Right. I'm just scared. And and all of those are on the table for all of us. Yes. Right. There isn't anyone who's like, oh, no, I don't actually experience that emotion. Yes. Like, oh, how did you opt out? I didn't. I, I missed that line. <laughs> You're, yeah. you're only part human. You're only ninety two percent human. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. No, pride's there for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with you. Okay. So, you play tennis. I do. Did you grow up playing tennis? No. So, um, my tennis story started in high school. Okay. Uh, I had a friend and her sister, and we were kind of hanging out one summer, and they said, hey, you should come to tennis tryouts. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I don't play tennis. And they said, <laughs> well, good news. At our high school at the time, um, girls' tennis was a no-cut sport. Oh, wow. And I don't, that's kind of unheard of now because yeah. high school athletics is kind of because ultra if you don't competitive. Start at three, then yeah, you're you've missed, trouble. yeah. If you don't have a personal trainer <laughs> yeah, doing exactly. your speed and agility training at am, four years old. I am not joking. I was playing the other day at the club and yes. there was uh, probably a five year old whose strokes were so much better. Than oh, I, I have watched those courts and <laughs> yeah. I just, I look and I shake my head, but yeah. it, it's great. But at, for me, it wouldn't have been an opportunity if it had been like yeah. that. But I said, no, come. And I was like, oh, that'll be a fun thing to do with friends and a way to feel like I'm involved and, you know, mm -hmm. playing a sport. So I did. I showed up and sure enough, I didn't get cut, which was, <laughs> that would have been, that would have been a vulnerable experience. That would have been very we were sad. a no cut team. Unfortunately, <laughs> you we're have, you have changed our minds. <laughs> so I, I was on the team and I played my junior year and I played my senior year and I was on JV both of those years oh, I love you so <laughs> and I still showed up, you know, it, I was not a tennis star. I was just learning and, um, but I had fun and I had fun with my friends and I just caught there. There's a bug that you catch <laughs> as a tennis player. And I loved it so much. Um, unfortunately after that, I didn't, there weren't natural opportunities to play and I also didn't seek them out. Right. Um, and so I just kind of went on and I think I did take a, a beginning tennis class in college because I thought it would be an easy yeah. way to get that credit. <laughs> um, so, you know, 20 something years goes by and I had just moved from, we lived in Indiana for a few years and then, uh, my husband got a new job in Arizona. So we just moved to Arizona and that move for me was so hard. Mm. I had this group of fr uh, friends in Indiana that felt like family. They, they were like my sisters, and I still think of them that way. And we were there during the period of, of life, that season where we were raising our small kids together. So it was so, um, that community feeling was so strong, yeah. and I felt so connected and just loved and supported. And then when we moved, um, I just felt completely alone. Mm. and we have moved several times. So that, that practice of, of starting over and, and trying to form connections and finding your place. It's, and it takes a good minute. It takes a minute. Months. And that's what people would tell me or years. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately we were only there for three years and mm. my adjustment to Indiana had felt kind of like an instant. You're one of us, you're part of us. And mm. it didn't feel that way in Arizona. It mm. felt like, Oh, you'll find your place. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. So there were some women in my neighborhood who played tennis and I was like, oh, that sounds fun. I, I used to play, you know, long time ago. And they said, well, why don't you come 
And so I brought my, you know, my trusty 20-year-old racket. Wood. (laughs) Quite wood. (laughs) Christy, thank you. You're younger than me. (laughs) Okay, yes. Um, But it was old. Uh, It was a prince racket. Of course. Of course. Um, And I, you know, with my my running shoes, and I showed up and hit a few balls, and they were like, okay, great. You know, and they kind of started talking to me about how that tennis community worked. And fortunately, in Arizona, it's such a popular sport. There were lots of opportunities and um, kind of easy, natural ways to get coaching. And so I just started playing again and started taking some lessons and then joined a team. And it, um, it fed my soul in a way that I really needed. It became a way for me to feel connected to people mm-hmm. in my neighborhood, in my church community. And it also just, it was for me, like it just fed my soul. Right. And so then I, yeah, now Keep I going. just can't stop. <laughs> well, right. I, so when I moved to Utah, I, I did not play for a few years, mm-hmm. but then I kind of rediscovered it again because I just, it, it filled something for me that I learned I really need. So I, I prioritize it now. As you were sharing your story, I thought that is that can be the fruit of being willing to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. E- even you in high school, like, okay, I, Mary, I would never have done yeah. that. I would not have done it. That would have been way too scary. I ran for student government in seventh grade one time. Yeah. And I forgot my, uh, I knew my name, but I didn't, I forgot my whole speech. I got mm-hmm. up on the stage and I'm like, I would never run again, even though that's something I would have loved. Right. I wouldn't do it. It was way too vulnerable for me. And today, now I'm like walking towards things (laughs) that scare me because I recognize, I recognize that on the other side of vulnerability, Mm -hmm. of the, that the possibility of failure or of someone laughing at you or whatever it is, on the other side of that, I mean, you described it as a community, mm-hmm. as it feeds my soul, at so many yes, good things. All those things. Like, and none of them are connected to how well I play tennis. So true. <laughs> which which I'm so grateful for yeah. because um, for people who don't play tennis at all, my yeah. siblings, they're like, Mary is really good. <laughs> that's, that's, and I'm like, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> You're like, Thank and, you. and then, of course, when I walk on the court and I'm playing next to a four zero or a four five in the tennis world is just a much more advanced mm. player, mm-hmm. and I realize I'm not very good, and that's not the point. Mm. Yeah, the point You're is not that there be- to compare yourself to no, everyone else on the court. No, and and that which is not to say I'm not competitive or that I'm not. You don't want to win. I don't want to win. I you know I invest in going to drills and lessons, and I play on a team. I love the feeling of developing the skill, and mm-hmm. I love the feeling of of doing something really well. Mm -hmm. Christy, yesterday, I hit an inside out forehand down the line and it just, I know you can feel it. You can feel I, and it, it is a kind of joy, but it's not the point, Mm -hmm. right? The point for me is the, is the connection. It's what I feel emotionally, um, socially, physically, all of those things, it checks all those boxes and none of them mean that I'm a great tennis player, mm-hmm. but it, it's, it is on the other side of vulnerability is that connection and that fulfillment. It's so, so true. And it all, 
you do have a great inside out. Like, can we just say that uh, and with all the other truth? It, it felt good. <clears throat> inside outs are not easy to yeah. do. <laughs> That's so fun. That's so funny. I love that you said that. So I did not play sports at all in high school. Mm-hmm. I, In fact, I come from a family of a lot of athletes and I was not named one of them. Mm. <laughs> so, Yeah, that has so much power, though. I was a dancer and did other things. Um, and so it was in my early 30s, like I think I was probably about 31, when I, I married into a family of tennis players. And I thought, I either have to learn how to yeah. play tennis or I'm going to be watching all the kids. But this is a lot. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is yes. a lot. And, and it was so fun. It just looked so fun. So I started yeah. taking lessons and um, loved it immediately. I loved it. And again, was not good. Um, and then I had some life experiences. <laughs> I, so I started to play tennis. I thought I'm getting pretty good. And I entered my first tournament by this time I was going through some painful things in my personal life. And I went and played and I was like, Oh good. She's she, I think she was legitimately 80. I'm, I'm not kidding. Oh, I'm pretty oh, sure she was. I know the ending of the story already. <laughs> I, I I have missed I have underestimated an 80 year old <laughs> and it's one of the reasons I love tennis too because you yeah. can play until you're dead mm-hmm. like you can play mm-hmm. for so long so you walk on the court just with a little <laughs> swagger first set I'm like yeah. oh you know okay okay be nice to her. <laughs> she killed me sure I, she, she yeah. knew how to put the ball where I was Mm-hmm. And I had just done drills up until that point where they hit you the ball wherever right, they're you're feeding at. it right to you. <laughs> like, this is not, yes. yeah, this is not what I'm familiar with. I remember driving home and literally out of my mouth, I'm crying my eyes out <laughs> saying, I can't do anything good. Like I, I was, I completely felt like a failure yeah. in that moment and wanted to quit tennis and like, what am I doing? Yeah, you know, this is so dumb. Who did, yeah. But there was the vulnerability, right? My pride did not, I was 30 and she was older and mm-hmm. I just, my pride was so fragile, my, which means my fear was so, so high. high. Yes. And to me, it was the vulnerability of so many things in my life and inside of me, my shame, those lies, those false beliefs that are inside mm-hmm. of all humans was saying you're not good yeah you're not good at tennis you're not good at this and you're not good at that and I believed it the whole drive home and then luckily something inside of me rarely wakes up the next morning believing like no no (laughs) I'm going back I'm going to try that again but that vulnerability the the chance that I can lose Mm -hmm. the chance that someone's gonna know that I wasn't good or that yeah. something was didn't work out. The the vulnerability inside of human experiences causes us to stop, and we start to build kind of this protective wall around mm-hmm. us. It is so tender to me to sit with grown adults. Some lots of times their kids are almost gone or they're well into their school year so that so the mother the father their lives are changing and i'll say well what brings you joy and they, they don't, don't know. know yeah and that's that's so 
painful. It's so painful. Yeah. And I think so much of that comes from a fear of vulnerability, mm-hmm. a fear, a fear of I can't try this because what if I fail? And what if I look silly? Totally. That that's one of my main things is I just I just want the appearance of like I I got life nailed down. Yes. And I don't want to look yes. silly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because if I look silly, then what? I, the, the fear is just of what others so think. strong mm-hmm. of they'll people will be like, oh, that's cute. That, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the gallery. Yes, that, that's that's so cute that she thought she could do that. That is so <laughs> and kind we of knew, that, and we knew she probably yeah, shouldn't mm, have tried that. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Um yes. like how fun that must be for her to have that little, you know, just that kind of for me, that's that's a really hard thing to fight against, too. Yes. You're from a family of how many siblings? There are 10 of us. And what number are you? Number six. Okay. Yeah. So I think some of that falls into that, too. Like, mm-hmm. we have older siblings that are doing and accomplishing. Yes. and Yes. Am I- We've kind of seen a pattern. Yes. Yeah. And so I don't want to look silly. I don't want someone to laugh at me. In fact, yeah. something that I feel so protective of is when I see... Um, young children being laughed at Mm -hmm. I that hurts my heart because I think that's when we start to build that protective wall is oh someone laughed at me and I could see that they were like making fun of me Mm -hmm. and so they start to build the wall without even knowing that they're building it yes and it is when we were talking about that shield yeah it it feels like a shield that protects us and it's a wall that blocks us yes from from connection and from really a full and rich life yes okay Oh, it's so good. So both of us in our own way learned through the sport of tennis. Yeah. It's funny because pickleball came on the scene and I'm like, okay. Like it d- didn't even scare me because sure. I had I'll played tennis it. long enough. Yeah. Yes. Did you feel the same? I did. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, put a put a paddle racket in my hand and a ball and yeah. this will be fun. Can anybody beat you and Liz together? <laughs> I feel like I, I want to take on the challenge. I, I think you should. <laughs> yeah. After. Yeah. We'll call we'll it. Um, yes. Because even as confident as I felt, I, the other day, Christy, I was playing with my sister, Liz, my brother, and then another person who just made a fourth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I feel like I got a little skill and it, it's great. Pride cometh before the fall. <laughs> a, a ball came up and I had my hand back and just whiff (laughs) no ball no ball no contact and I thought I don't know like the physics of how that happened but um but that's we can always whiff I've done right oh yes in life in tennis and pickleball like we can have all the the backswing and the angle and everything and whiff is always on the table And whiff doesn't mean a whiff doesn't mean you're bad at pickleball or that you shouldn't be playing pickleball. Exactly. It means you miss the ball. Period. Next point. Next. Yes. Yes. And that is true whether it's cooking classes or, you know. Yes. Yeah. Making a new friend, starting a new job, whatever it is. Yeah. Whiff's always on the table and it doesn't need to mean anything about you. Yeah. Yeah. Humans whiff. I love that word. <laughs> That's catchy. I want a t-shirt. We a t-shirt? Humans with. 
<laughs> I'm giving it out as gifts. Okay, I like it. <laughs> for my gifts. Okay, so Brene Brown talks about vulnerability all the time. Yes. And some people don't even like the word vulnerability. Mm. Like it bugs them. Have mm-hmm. you, have you, for sure, heard that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Why do you think? Yeah. I, well, I think sometimes it, like we were talking earlier about giving language to experience and feeling. Yeah. It, it's a word mm. that we've now, thanks to Brene Brown and her work and, and yes. how visible it is. Mm-hmm. It feels very comfortable to me, but I think before we really had language to discuss vulnerability, it just was synonymous with weakness. Yes, you're right. So if someone vulnerable means weak to so many people. For sure. And I think maybe slightly generationally, but also people who are just not familiar with kind of the the language of emotional intelligence or Mm -hmm. emotional literacy. Mm -hmm. It, It just means vulnerable means you're weak. And, and I can understand, you know, if you're, you have a vulnerable spot in your armor, right. That, that is where the pain can be. Um, but I, I think her work has been really transformational for most people. For me, it has been in understanding vulnerability as more of a superpower. Yes. Um, and something really worth, I mean, it, it's the key to, what does she say? I, I love that quote you shared, the key to love and belonging. Yes. Yeah. If we want deep connection, vulnerability is just critical. It, we, we can't have it without. And when we yeah. say vulnerability, we're, it just means we're exposing part of us. Yeah. Or yeah. We're, pieces we're, of us. We're, we're open to the full range of, of what life has to bring. Yes. Yeah. One of my favorite um, little, she was doing an interview on a podcast, I believe it was. And um, she said she was speaking at, this is Brene, she was speaking at something and they were signing her message. They, mm. And so this, the, those who were going to be signing came to her and said, you know, are there any words that we need to know about that aren't common words? Sure. And she goes, well, I use the word vulnerability a lot. And they said, oh, okay, well, the sign that we use for vulnerability is this. Oh. And she goes... Um, like, what does that mean? Yeah, And they said, like, weak in the knees. Oh. And she said, oh, that's not how I speak about vulnerability. And they said, well, we only have one other sign for vulnerability. And she goes, what is it? And they went like this. Oh, that's beautiful. (laughs) I'm opening Opening my my heart. heart. Exposing myself, my full self. Yes. As I am. Yes. Yeah. I really that love that. That is beautiful. That. I know. That's a that's a great illustration though of that kind of shift in the way we think about it because I think when I talk to some people, yes. it it is that weak in the knees mm-hmm. connotation. Yes. Yeah. And it's and weak in the knees is kind of how we feel when we're moving through vulnerability. Right. right. But it is not inherently weak. It is no. actually I love that you said it's a superpower. Yeah. It really is um it it, it creates a space for Real connection. Mm, I really love it. Okay. <clears throat> to me, sometimes vulnerability feels worse than the idea of like running around my neighborhood naked. <laughs> I just like, I don't know. I can't, I can't do it. You know, yeah. Just the fear of I'm exposing, you know, parts. Mm-hmm. But vulnerability is not disclosure. It doesn't mean I tell yes. everything. Yes. And and I think that sometimes that can be mistaken, right? Yes. That like I'm going to share the whole story of everything about me with everyone because I'm so vulnerable. Yes. And that actually becomes not about vulnerability. I don't think it becomes about us maybe seeking validation or approval for, yes, for that story. And um, 
I, I think it's Brene Brown too, who talks about the idea of sharing the story of who we are with people who have earned the right to hold it. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of beauty in that too, of, of knowing, um, where, where disclosure is leading to connection and where it's an offering with a sincere heart and where it's maybe a, a, a maybe a, like a party trick. Yes. To, yes. To get kind of a quick it's hit. It's a take mm-hmm. instead yeah. of a gift. Of what, it, what is it doing for me yes. to, to share this with you rather than how are we nurturing yes. and building this relationship together yes. and how am I helping you feel seen yes. and heard? Yes. Um, in her book, Dare to Lead, she has six vulnerability myths. Mm. And one of them is trust comes before vulnerability. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Because I've heard her say trust comes before vulnerability. But she said, the research is clear. We need trust to be vulnerable. And we need to be vulnerable vulnerable in order to build trust. Mm-hmm. And so that, like, just to me, requires honesty, humility, yeah responsibility, charity. It just requires us to be present and to not, um, I don't know. I think it just requires that honesty inside of us and awareness. Yes. And it's an ability to, to repair when we, when we get that balance wrong, because that's a delicate balance, Mm -hmm. right? That kind of iterative process of like, I'm going to trust, I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to receive your vulnerability. I'm going to, and I don't get that. I don't, that's, that's a tricky line to walk i don't get it right a lot of the time um so i think in order to keep um momentum with that Mm -hmm. process has to come with a little bit of a willingness to to repair and say i i didn't get that right yes and sometimes just say the thing that needs to be said yes (laughs) yes you know just just give give language to it and just say oh uh, this is this is what i thought i was doing this is what i think i did and I'm going to try again. Yeah. Usually um, several years ago, <laughs> I started with my kids rather than, you know, trying to really berate them or say, no, you shouldn't have done that. I'll just look at them and say, try again. Oh, try again. <laughs> oh, I want that skill. <laughs> I, I want to do over with and my so kids. Sometimes I'll, I'll do that for myself, too. I, you know, one time walking with a friend and we were talking and I I think I spoke about someone in a way that wasn't representative of my best self yeah and I just stopped and I said I'm gonna try again (laughs) and I just I I tried again and that's I think as as we move through relationships and we're making sometimes those initial steps towards like really getting to know someone's heart Mm -hmm. we're gonna have a lot of opportunity to say oh let me try again let me try again I got that I got that wrong that's really beautiful it's really beautiful Okay, so we talked about what vulnerability is, what what it feels like, but what vulnerability really is, and I'm going to give some just suggestions of ways that we, things we do that feel vulnerable, and I'd love you to add whatever you might have. So vulnerability is calling someone that you met at the PTA meeting to see if she'd like to go to lunch or Mm -hmm. go for a walk because you thought, oh, I'd like to get to know her. Right, like that's this is scary. interesting, Christy. Just as you talk, I can feel in my body just a little constriction in my stomach. Like, oh, that feels hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I moved back to Utah, my neighbor called, and I had like seen her and wanted to be friends with her. She said, "Hey, do you want to go to the park? I have some peanut butter and jam. We can have like a peanut butter day. Take 
our uh, kids and go to the park and I'll bring sandwiches. It's like, yes, I want to. But that's as simple as it was, yeah. right? It wasn't yeah. like, let me make sure that I've got all my best self. Right. You know, I've, going. I've gone, I've laid out the charcuterie. Yeah. <laughs> there weren't charcuteries back yeah, then. Yeah, that's true. Well, <laughs> but, Lunchables. But I, I, I guarantee that's exactly it. It's the yeah. exact opposite of mm-hmm. a charcuterie board, which is right. so beautiful. And it I love, by the way. Yeah. And but there's it, room for both. You right. can have PB&J and charcuterie yes. yeah, and experiences. Both can be vulnerable. Yeah. Vulnerability is asking for help. That's not easy for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I really love what Brene says about that. When you cannot accept and ask for help without self-judgment, you're not really offering help to others without judgment. So if you have a hard time asking for help, yes, very, very possible that you're judging others when they ask. Uh, vulnerability is asking for a raise. It's saying, I love you. It's being willing to engage in the conflict, knowing that the other person, if they'll join you, that you can get to the other, other side. side. And, yeah. and there's just, that just brings depth into a relationship. Vulnerability is saying, I'm sorry, or can I try again? Yeah. It's accepting someone's apology. Apology, yes. And and I think sometimes too, it's accepting vulnerability is accepting the possibility of grief if if a relationship doesn't survive the attempt to repair. So true. Which is hard because I I love the idea that connections on the other side of vulnerability, and I think it can be. And it doesn't always get there. No. If 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 the other person's not in a place to make that journey. And so saying what needs to be said, you think, oh, I did it. I feel vulnerable and courageous. And it might not be received that way. And That's the other true. person might say, No, thank you. Mm-hmm. Pass. Yes. And, and stop talking and, about and that. Stop. <laughs> and don't talk to me like that. Right. Yes. And block and mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever else. And yes. and so I think being vulnerable also means accepting that maybe those attempts at repair, maybe those try agains aren't accepted. Oh. And and there's there's a loss. Thank you for saying that. Um something I that I talk with often with my clients is do not judge if the choice to be vulnerable or enter conflict, do not base that on the outcome mm-hmm. of the experience. You can only control one side of that experience. Yeah. You can only show up for one side of that experience. And and I do think our human self, ju- oh, I should never have said that. Or yeah. that was, I feel. I, you know, I made a mistake even trying. Yes. And that is not true. Right. So often the truth is. You, well, always the truth is you be authentically you. Mm-hmm. Vulnerability. If we choose to not be vulnerable, then we choose to not be authentic. And I think that's something to really consider is, do I choose to be authentic in my relationships? And we can take baby steps. It doesn't have to be like, okay, right. sit down. Here's no. all the things. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, but just no. a commitment to, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to be more authentic. I'm going to share my feelings. I'm going to listen to someone else's. I'll validate their vulnerability. And if, and if they give me feedback that that wasn't welcome, just say, okay, yeah. thank, you know, thank you for that whole, for that feedback. And I can still keep trying in, yes. in other areas. Yes. Um, I think like we talk about as a, 
a tennis player or a pickleball player or whatever you do, building muscle memory for certain things. Yes. And I think there's a way to do that proactively with vulnerability. There's a skill in both retroactive, like where we can go back and look at past experiences and kind of filter them, put a, put a, a grace filter on yes. those experiences. That's what EMDR therapy is really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's kind of like practicing retroactive vulnerability, but a way to do it proactively is just practicing with very, very small things. Mm. Um, this is a silly example. I love the line. <laughs> but um, I was talking the other day to someone about preparing for uh, my daughter is leaving for a mission experience. And, and we're talking about having family over and preparing some food for them. And I mentioned, oh, I, I ordered these kind of fancy sugar cookies. Yeah. But I don't want them to be put out and for little kids to take them. And then, like, and then they'll take one bite and they'll put it down. But I, I want to make it look like there's enough. <laughs> I but I also... <laughs> But I also don't want to pay for six dozen. So if I could just make sure that the right people see it, <laughs> yes. and then it, it, there was so much going on. And I just thought this is such a small thing, but I'm just going to sit here for a minute and I'm going to imagine that someone comes up and takes my perfectly decorated, you know, $10 sugar cookie and takes one bite and then throws it away. N that's okay. Yes. That that's okay. Yes. That none of, none of the reason why I I I would like my daughter to feel she's not going on a mission because you've got good sugar <laughs> cookies. Well, <laughs> but it helps, right? I mean, it's going to make the cutest Instagram post. <laughs> People are going to love me. <laughs> but right, this like how impressive will this look? At, there's just Mary. so many small, small ways. Now that's a, a very small example, but if you can build the muscle memory in you to say, I don't know how this is going to go. They might be received well. It might not be. I might be, you know, picking up half-eaten sugar cookies from under the couch and throwing it away at the end of the event. It That's okay. And just like we were talking earlier about sitting with discomfort yes. and just build over time slowly that kind of proactive muscle memory for vulnerability. And then when the really, really painful moments come, right? Someone doesn't love you or your job performance is yeah. lacking. Yeah. You don't make the team. You don't. Yeah then you have a little bit of a a bank to draw on to say there's I, I I'm practiced with sitting with discomfort I've built that muscle and it's being called upon now yes. and it will get stronger like all muscles do when they're used oh mary i could give you 497 examples from this year <laughs> <laughs> where i felt vulnerable yeah. and wanted to, you know, present in a certain way yes. and then had to redo. To be able to sit with and stop and say, why am I buying the cookies? Right. What's the truth about cookies? And for me, I'll say the language, like I'm choosing to spend money on beautiful sugar cookies. Mm -hmm. I will surrender the outcome of where they go. I will, I yes. will say that to myself. Like if 
all of the five and unders come and grab them before any of the results come in. <laughs> I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Yes. I really love that. Which again, if we take it all the way back to the beginning of our conversation, that's change. That is choosing to literally, I mean, I'm good job. If you're going to, if you have a big goal to change something big, I, that's really awesome. I, yeah. I love that too, but I'm a huge fan of daily choosing to change. And so often it happens after I've realized, whoo, I don't like that. I don't yeah. like that I'm losing sleep over who's going to eat the sugar cookies <laughs> or I'm like right? talking about it all right. the time. Like it's or, occupying some, some space in my brain. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly. Oh, yeah. thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, okay. I think we have to end. I don't like it. I don't like it at all because <laughs> this topic is so critical to happiness in yeah. our life and connection. I'm going to, another time we'll talk, I'm going to talk about loneliness. And I mean, again, just so much of our pain comes from an inability or an unwillingness mm -hmm. to be vulnerable because then we can't connect and we feel alone. Yeah. So, and I think one of the greatest gifts of vulnerability is the connection with ourselves. Yes. Right. And if we have that, then that's what we can carry with us in any situation. And yes. And honestly, vulnerability, I, so often I have vulnerability hangovers. It's like, oh yeah. Oh, did I want to share all that? Or uh, my know. next one's scheduled for about 20 minutes <laughs> on my drive home. home. <laughs> it shouldn't so have said that. True. It's so true. Yeah. So vulnerability hangovers, when you've shared something, especially if you're not practiced at it, mm -hmm. everything in you is, you're going to feel, you can literally feel sick. Oh. You can like, yeah. Your that physical body can start to slow down and shut down even. Speak again to your language, to your words. Give it language. Give it, oh, I mm -hmm. can feel myself. That was new experience for me or that was uncomfortable for me. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm choosing to learn skills for deeper connections in relationships yeah. or I want to learn new skills. I want to learn tennis. I want to learn chess. I want to learn whatever it is. It requires vulnerability. It's okay. Yeah. I, I've shared before on my podcast, I started crying in an art class because it just is like so vulnerable for me. Not oh, good at it. Yes. that I, I actually have a boundary it. around art class. <laughs> no, you don't. You have a wall. <laughs> I have a wall. It's, it's true. Because the vulnerability yeah. is intense it when is. you go in and try something. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. Vulnerability is not a one-time experience. It's a lifelong choice. Mary, if someone were listening to this podcast today, what's one thing they could take from the podcast that you would say, just work on this this week? Um, I would say work on being very conscious of what you're feeling and then welcome that feeling and ask it a question rather than push it away. Yeah, that's good. And just say, oh, I, I'm feeling hurt. Why? I'm feeling excited. Why? Whatever it is, just welcome the feeling and and ask ask a question and get to know your kind of emotional landscape and get very comfortable. Practice getting comfortable with it. Oh, that's a great suggestion. We started and I admitted that this is our first time using video and yes. I could feel it physically inside <laughs> of me. I could, you know, we're at the end of it. Yeah. I haven't even thought about the cameras for the last no. 30 minutes, yeah. I'm sure. That is the power 
and the gift of vulnerability of being willing to come to something that feels uncomfortable. And then there's just this like, I'm okay. Yeah, it's okay. I'm okay. But it takes practice and exactly what you said, getting clear about how, how am I feeling? Why am I feeling what I'm feeling? Mary, will you come back? Christy? <laughs> Why, we'll watch the... We'll, we'll see what okay, the, with the magic on. of editing. <laughs> we'll see how it turns out before you... Yeah, before we commit. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming oh, and for having this yeah, conversation. That was, that was really good for me too. I'm so grateful for you. <laughs> You'll have many choices in your day and in your week. I hope that you will choose to be vulnerable and do the work. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, share a written experience, or ask me a question, go to coachchristy.life and fill out the podcast questionnaire, and we'll be in touch with you soon. There are no dumb questions or experiences, just opportunities to learn and do the work. Have a great week.